What's happening, weirdos? It's the best of number three. This is the third best of, and I am so, so excited for you guys and for me to re-listen to these clips that you guys submitted. We have Colin Hay, Matt Nathanson, Topher Grace, Kenny DeForest, Ashling B, Matthew Gray Goobler. Uh, I always feel like I'm saying that wrong, but it is Goobler. Goobler. Uh, Sam Richardson, Matt, another Matt. There's two Matt Nathansons on here. That's a great episode. Fortune Feimster, another Kenny DeForest. We got James Corden, Moshe Kasher, Henry Winkler, Chris Fleming, and Beck Bennett. It's incredible. This is going to be a fun one. I feel like this is going to be one to listen to more than once because it's got so many great moments. I'm excited. I'm excited. And if you guys uh, want to show your support of, as I always say, this always free podcast, the best and uh, most direct way to support us is to try a Pete's Pick. I'm very excited about a new Pete's Pick this week, which is Everlane, an incredible, high-quality, and ethical clothing company that I just tried and I was blown away. We know we're coming in the summer, we're in the summer now, and it's all about the small pleasures, a, a simple cup of iced coffee, uh, ice cream, going on a walk and eating some ice cream, or maybe just wearing a classic white t-shirt to, to merge with the season. We all know that some of the greatest pleasures in life are also the simplest, and that's why Everlane makes premium quality essentials that complement every wardrobe as a more tra- at a more transparent and affordable price. They are all about the standards done beautifully. I'm even going to say perfectly. I myself have been looking for the longest time to find a denim jacket that I could wear to replace the last jacket I had that I wore so much it tore a rip in the, in the armpit. I've been looking literally for years to find the right denim jacket. Go to Everlane. Take a chance. Feel like it's going to be like every other company I've tried one on for where it's, eh, it's okay. Boom. Out of the box. Out of the bag. Bam. Perfect fit. True to fit. True to color. Just perfectly stylized. Uh, you know, it's not boring, but it's not also, it's not an Ed Hardy. It's just like perfectly, tastefully, classically made with a perfect fit color and feel and the overall shopping experience was awesome clear photos clear sizing fast shipping out of the box so easy to so easy to do so so easy to do everlane fits your everyday uniform that's what i got their uniform uh denim jacket i got uniform sweats i'm a big sweats guy even in the in the summer you know la's a desert gets chilly at night got the sweatshirt got the sweatpants these were my go-tos, and now even Val is on it. We are an Everlane fam. We're about it. Everlane has made quality clothing with ethical factories and radically transparent pricing since 2010. They do extensive t- research and vetting to use ethical factories that provide fair wages and reasonable hours to the skilled people who craft their clothing, timeless designs, and the finest sustainable materials so you can wear them for years to come. Most retailers hide their markups. Everlane believes their customers have the right to know how much their clothes cost to make. In fact, they share exactly how much their products cost to produce at each stage. I've never seen transparency like this, and I know I can feel, I, I do feel so much better knowing that these things are ethically made. Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your spring or your summer uniform. We're in summer now. Whether you're going out on the town with friends or having a movie night with the fam, from workout to takeout, from swimwear to trackwear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot, their breathable organic cotton trackwear gives an elevated 
uh, take on tried and true basics and get a head start on your summer look with Everlane's sustainable swimwear collection made from 1,768 pounds of recycled plastic. Boom! Another plus! Everlane has all the everyday essentials you need from damn good denim to super, super soft loungewear. And as I said, they're ethical, so for a fit you can feel good about, they accept returns within 30 days of the ship date. All uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So show your support of this podcast. Go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up and show your support of this show. Also, just talking to my mom about her cats today and reminded me of our friends at Kitty Poo Club. If you guys have a cat and you love your cat and you've been in quarantine with your cat walking over your keyboard in the middle of your Zoom call, but you know you love having these furry little enlightened Buddha friends in your home, but you don't like cleaning a gnarly, nasty uh, kitty litter box, boom! Kitty Poo Club takes care of the most unpleasant part of cat ownership so you can get back to the good part, which is loving your furry friend. Here's how it works. Kitty Poo Club is a convenient all-in-one monthly litter box solution. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and have a fun design for every season. When the month is up, just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No more changing used litter, no more cleaning the box. And you can customize your order based on how many cats you have. Uh, in my mom's case, two, and you have to, and you have, sorry, and you have to choose from, and you can choose. It just says you have choose, <laughs> and you can choose from four different litter types. Kitty Poo Club has a no risk satisfaction guarantee, and you can easily customize or cancel any time. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering forty percent off. off your first order, plus a free dome, free scoop, and free shipping when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com slash weird. I do enjoy how much I get to say Kitty Poo Club. Just go to kittypooclub.com slash weird to get 40% off your first order, plus a free dome, scoop, and free shipping when you set up auto ship. That's kittypooclub.com slash weird. Help yourself out, help your cat out, and show your support of this podcast. All right, friends, let's get into it. Let's dive in. I'll be introducing every clip here uh, so it's not just a shuffle of randomness. And this first one, I'm so excited, is Beck Bennett, who has been killing it lately on SNL. I cried to tears uh, watching the Vin Diesel uh, movies sketch on the the finale this year. This is me and Beck Bennett talking about, I want to look like my ship. Yeah. And they like lose more and more attention. Right. Like, because oh my, my brother God. had right. less rules because they were like, you're the third. Who he cares? was also like the sweetest and like most like even keeled. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel what like fun. for me. But you were the middle. So you were, this is very interesting, the what, youngest. What are you? The middle, I'm the, I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. But the, of two. So, but that's my, kind of my point. Had they had a third, I would have become the middle. Whole different dynamic. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? I guess so. Like, for but, a minute there, you were the youngest. Uh-huh. So you were the golden. I was, And yeah. then they had, what's your younger brother? Sam. 
Then they had fucking Sammy. Then they had fucking Sammy, and Sammy he was the sweetheart. Even keeled, waltzing out, nice and mellow. Yeah, and then I start pointing at my penis and my butt. I'm like, and they're like, we're listening. Okay. Was Sammy putting on shows with you, or is he off like just getting love for nothing? He's getting love for nothing. He's um, he's uh, he's a beer brewer in Oakland. Really? Yeah. And my older brother is an artist in Oakland. He's Sam Adams. Yeah, yeah. He's Sam he just, Adams. He's, he, you know, he didn't start. He didn't start the, you know, brewery. But he like changed his name to Sam Adams, <laughs> and he and he gets a lot of love for nothing. He's just like people are like oh, and he'll like beer them, brew that beer that's not Sam Adams and take credit for it. Right. I, no, I he'll make it. money off the name. You, do you understand? <laughs> he dresses like an old. Uh, I don't know. What is he? A sailor or something? I think he's just a, he's a pirate. It's, there's a thin line <laughs> between pirate and patriot. Yeah, yeah. Are we the people? That's, Big billowy that's a... sleeves on a, or maybe maybe that's I'm thinking of Captain Morgan. I don't know. Sam Adams, Captain Morgan. Why did do you think pirates wanted billowy sleeves when they went into a tailor when they were on land? Yeah, they're like, make it like the sails of my ship. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fly. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I want to be like those squirrels. I want to be like my ship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sailor. <laughs> I want to look like my chef. <laughs> They're really mean and complaining. Yeah, maybe not like that. <laughs> that is so funny. But I mean, they, they must really have are. given him like a well-fitting shirt, and he was like, "What am I, a stockbroker?" Yeah, right. I'm right. a pirate. I'm a pirate. Make pirate. Me look like, like this a chef. chef. Put some ropes on me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah maybe it's because their their shirts got so wet. Uh, <laughs> that is a great. And they just got loose. Yeah, like they're just I like we're always wet at a time. They got worn down. That's it. Maybe, it was like yeah, a the good salt day. water and it's like. Uh, <laughs> and then it became the style accidentally. And but then, then it's like buying away. jeans that are already ripped. Uh huh. Yeah. You'd yeah, buy yeah. a shirt that's already billowy. Right. If you're not a pirate, but you want to look like. A but pirate, a real so pirate like, wears a very well-fitting yeah, shirt. Yeah. Lets the sea have its way with uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. The salt air, the salt water, and that's really cool. And everybody else is just trying to pose as that. But there is that awkward. Like six months when the captain has like a very tight yeah. fit shirt, and, and, it's, and, and his other sailors don't respect him. Yeah, like, this guy's got a tight shirt. He hasn't really seen many days at sea. He doesn't look like a ship at hey, all. This guy's got a tight shirt. What the fuck? I'm dying. That was Beck Bennett, and now let's move right along to Chris Fleming talking about swapping partners. This is going to be good. Don't resist. Become one with it, with the moment. Ah. Hi, Mama. Hey. You're on the pod. Hello. I'm Chris. Nice oh to meet you. Oh, my God. It's Thank like the sun itself walked in. Oh, yeah. Did he tell you that I cleaned the house like you were? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I'm honored. Yes. It I'm was deeply <laughs> honored. Thank it was you. real. I live that. Yeah. Yeah, as have I. Yeah. You go into your thing? Mm-hmm. And she's down. Did she just go down? She Okay, I love you so much. Have fun. I'll see you Bye. in a couple nice hours. To meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, you're my favorite. She's my favorite. That's very sweet. She's very cool. Do you want to swap? <laughs> yeah, dude. You know me. <laughs> you know me. Always up for the swap. You want to swap? I thought you never asked. Is there anything grosser than a gay? I don't know how to say it except to just say it. You want to swap? <laughs> eye roll. You can't see an eye roll on a podcast. Next up is Henry Winkler 
talking about wanting to be a better parent and listening to your kids. God, I love this chat. Here's one of the best moments from one of the best episodes, Henry Winkler. You had a tricky situation with your dad. I I read on Wikipedia, broke my heart, that he called you dumb dog. I'm sorry if that triggers some... Dummhund. Dummhund. Oh, because he's German. Yeah, they were German. Which the only way to make calling someone dumb dog worse is to say it in German. Fucking German. Du bist ein dummer Hund. Ugh. And he's like a Mercedes. So like the Germans have that like yeah. love of precision. They did. And here you are struggling with dyslexia. Yes, not understanding at all. Back when we, remember when we used to just call like women hysterical yes. <laughs> when they were going through like menopause or right. whatever it would be or would call people with dyslexia dumb dog. Yes. There are all these like misdiagnosed. I not only remember it, I lived it. You lived it. it. Well, yeah. why don't you talk about it instead of Well, like, no, no, no. I, no I, I, I'm not putting myself down. Right I on. just made uh, the, the most important thing one of the most important things I ever did in my life. Tell me. Made the decision I would be a different parent. Tell him. Oh, I would not. You'd break the cycle. I would break the cycle. I didn't know that there was a cycle to break. All I knew was I would not make my children live the youngness that I went through. Yeah. That I would listen to them. As long as they didn't make me cry, mm. they could say anything. You mean bad cry, not like beautiful, yeah, like violent really solo cry, yeah. yeah, like break your heart, like break my heart. Yeah, they could say anything that was on their mind. And Max, mm. our youngest, mm. who now is in Boston directing his third movie, wow, who told us at ten that that's what he was going to do, wow, when he was in high school. He said, all right, I have to say something. Don't say a word until I'm done. Stood up, put his chair in, pushed his chair in at the dinner table and said, I don't agree with this, 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 and this. These are the reasons why. I said, all right, we're going to change policy on this and this. This one is just going to have to stay the way it is. And let's chat about this. These are things like bedtime or I don't like that we all have to eat in this order. Uh, You know what? It was all of those things. Stuff like that. Kid stuff. Uh, Dating, um, Uh, uh, curfew, uh, uh, driving, um, everything. Oh, he was older. He wasn't 10. He was he older. Was, uh, he was not 10 at that time. He was time. 10 when he wanted I to be a director. I would say he was 15. I see. 16. But you would listen to that. Every word. Isn't that gorgeous? And when he was right, when he said, I think this is really unfair, I don't think you should do this and this. And I went, you know what? I don't even have to think about that. We're going to change policy. That's the way it's going to be. Beautiful. What do you make of that? It's almost like the the comparison of like a bow, like a bow and arrow, and pulling the string back was all the pain that you went through, right? And that propelled the arrow of your beautiful parenting. Well, but you know like what? I, I, I was other. also I. There were so many things that were probably screwy, also about my parenting. Sure, but I choose to remember that. Yeah, that I would not replicate. But my the pain, short we, parents. Do you feel like that suffering that you went through? Isn't that interesting? Probably that sort of put led... me in this chair yeah. to talk to you right at this moment. Yeah. Because I now know. You know what Max said? He, uh, he literally said in an interview in People magazine during, when he was interviewed for his first movie, Ceremony, he said, my parents, the trouble with, uh, with me, my, my problem is my parents loved me too much. That's so funny. Yeah. And I said, Max, if I had to do it again with Zoe and with Jed, I would do it exactly the same way. So I, I don't care.
No surprise that Moshe Kasher is coming up next. Whenever Moshe comes on, we have a great time, usually doing impressions. This is no exception. Here is our Michael, Michael Kine. Here's Michael Kane impressions with Moshe Kasher. Americans don't know sarcasm uh, at all. Yeah, or, uh, British dryness. I guess the, uh, the, the the British are known for their lack of a sense of irony. Isn't that right? <laughs> like we, we get what it's you're like saying. We made up Alfred. <laughs> He's not a real British guy. An, an American made up Alfred. <laughs> Who's Alfred? Oh, the Batman's, Batman's butler. butler. Sorry. That, oh, a race. The tapes. Wait. Erase the tapes. Well, I can do an Alfred impression. Never. Oi, Batman. I'm here. I finished sweeping up the chimney, right? That's not bad. It's, it's, it's getting close to who plays him. He looks like my Aunt oh, Sandy. Oh, Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Not my Aunt Sandy. Edit that out. Wait. No, you don't have to edit it out. Hello, Batman. He doesn't How you doing? It's more of an insult to him than my Aunt Sandy. <laughs> edit. Erase the tapes. Who can hide your identity? I'll hide you. Oh, I get it. <laughs> the candy, the candy man from uh, the candy man. Can. The candy man came. We were watching Love Actually last you night. Just missed, I think, really a nice. The, ca- the candy man came. <laughs> Michael Caine singing out of in character, but then revealing that he's the actor Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> Within his musical number. Usually they don't like you to do that in musicals. The candy man. Uh, he looks right at the audience. <laughs> the Patty Lupone cane. He's, he's listed as Alfred in the playbill. And yeah, then also he, listed as Michael Caine as himself. He's, he's listed twice because of one line. The candy man. I'm actor Michael Caine. (laughs) Next up is James Corden. I remember this story. I always think of this story. This is how he got a certain celebrity's phone number. Well, Tom Cruise... I, I'm in love with Tom Cruise. Like, I I'm just also think in love. he's incredible. When I did your show last, it was with one of the co-stars of Mission Impossible. That's right. Yeah. And we sat in the back mm. and we just talked about how I was like, what does he eat? He's, I oh, just want to know. He's always being handed something. Every, <laughs> every two hours. Every two hours. What is he being A handed? hand will come in and just give him a salad, some kind of shake <laughs> that looks very gloopy. And when we... Uh, and this came about... When we jumped out of the plane together, yeah. I am... Um, well, here's a story I've never told anybody. I Do you love hear it. That you're like this? Is I story. love it. Never told. So I got asked if I would. He was being honoured in Vegas. He, Tom Cruise was being honoured in Vegas at this big cinema convention, and they asked if I would go and sort of host the thing as a surprise because mm. you know I really like him and and, and I, I feel like he likes me. I think I don't know. And uh, it's hard to know because he seems that way with everybody. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, he's well so no, great. no, it's not that. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I go yeah. and do the thing. And afterwards, he's just, he's like, oh man, how did you do this? I said, well, we pre taped a show yesterday. We did two shows yesterday so I could be here. He's like, I can't believe it. And anyway, we're leaving and he, and everyone's leaving and he goes, uh, listen, you know, drop me a line, send me a text. I go, I go, Tom, I would love to, but I don't have your phone number. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you do. I went, honestly, I don't. And it doesn't matter. I said, I know that you mean this. But don't worry. You're so I know fun. that I said don't worry. I know, I know you mean that it. this. I know you mean it, but don't it's not going to have don't worry. I get yes. it. It's fine. He goes He goes, "I'm going to get my number to you." And I went, "It's okay. You don't have to 
Don't sort of do this. Tom, don't. It's fine. I know yeah. that you mean it right now, but in yes. a half an hour, you'll have forgotten all about this. So, ah, two days later. I'm going to hand you a shake and you're not going to care. Two days later, yes. I'm in my office and uh, Sarah, who, who works here, says, uh, uh, Will you come to the conference room? I said, Sure. I walked down the hall to the conference room, which is a room I never go in. <laughs> and there is a huge thing of balloons that spells out thank you and a box i open the box and in the box is a cake and the cake is in the shape of a telephone get out of here and on the telephone are all these symbols then there's an envelope i open the envelope and it's got a a post-it note on it and it says press play on this dictaphone that's in there i mean i press play and it goes your mission Get the fuck on out my of life. Get in, your get mission. Get in the car. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to uh, figure out the code on this telephone and call the number on your cell phone. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Then it went. Dun, 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 dun. So I sit there with a pad, and he'd written on the piece of paper that said "press here" like one clue. And I'm trying to figure out this code. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I figure it. I, I, I figure it out. Was it easy or I, hard? It was hard. It was hard. I got it wrong twice. It just went to like a. You called Tom Hanks? No, it just said. <laughs> it just said this is uh, this number you've called is not recognized. You know, like that sort of thing. Wow. Anyway, I realized what I did. Get it right. Phone rings. He goes, "Hello." I went, "Hello." He went. Is this James Corden? I went, is this Tom Cruise? And then he went, and now you've got my number. <laughs> oh, my God. I never told anybody that Everybody before because I, sort of I sort of felt slightly weird about it. But, yeah. You've told the perfect person. Yeah. yeah so, I was watching Mission Impossible Fallout last night for oh, the fifth it's time. Amazing. So when I was watching, so you know they did that, that sky jump, the fall three, thing. Yeah, three, two, three jumps. This huge jump. Yeah. I just sent him a text saying, when the film comes out, should we jump out of a plane together? And he went, yes, absolutely. And that's how it came about. And I swear to God, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Jumping out of an airplane at 15,000 feet with Tom Cruise. That's deathbed. Like, why the is, two of why us is looking at each Gordon other smiling? in the air and that. him sort of like banking in to grab my arm and like I just I I I can't begin. I was just thinking, this is this is absurd. If I could tell my twelve-year-old, in fact, I didn't think it at the time when we were driving back. I thought if I could tell my twelve-year-old self that these were the memories that I'd be having, yeah. that I'd be building, yeah. I'd be building stuff. These sorts of memories, his head would explode. Yeah. It would explode. Yeah, to be able to. To have such a thing where this is just even something that I can say, oh, I once did that. It's it's almost like life's a simulation. This is when we tell you, James. <laughs> and all the walls <laughs> down, just like Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, my God! <laughs> Simon Pegg comes Wolf in. Wolf Blitzer Wolf comes Blitzer. in. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be – how shocked would you be if somebody I'd be like, I knew it couldn't yeah. be true. I knew it! It has to the feel – Truman Show. Yes. Yeah. It, there have to be moments where you go like, am I writing this? That's what I'd like to hope I'd say. Yeah. If all these walls come down and they go, this is all a simulation, I yeah. hope I would have the strength to say, I knew it. good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, my God. Great ref. <laughs> Great ref. Great ref.
I can't. I can believe that that story is true, and I also can't believe it's true. Next up is Kenny DeForest. He's on this episode more than once, but here he is talking about bad sports dad. I remember this. Oh my god! So you did the mic, and you did the joke. I did the mic. I did. And, the but joke. then you had the bug. I had the bug, and I was I was stuck, man, and I loved it. And uh, I also had a friend who was uh, starting to get into music in college, and I I was like really pushing him hard to do it and then at some point i was like oh wait i think i'm doing this because i want to be on stage and i'm too afraid to do it so i'm pushing him to be up there uh, like the i'm like living vicariously totally and get in there so then finally i started and when you hit the home run look at my ex-wife <laughs> look her dead in the eye and say could you do that baby you missed this then grab your little cup and show those tight buttons as you run by. This is like a different type of bad sports dad. Instead of pushing his son too hard to be good at sports, he's just trying to get him to hurt his mother. <laughs> you look that bitch right in the eye, and you tell her, maybe I could have hit the ball harder if a certain mother was around to give me breast milk. You tell her that right to her face. Everybody knows that the formula don't make a stronger boy. <laughs> I don't know if people could tell, but I was laughing that whole time. <laughs> I haven't had a good hearty har har in a while. <laughs> you look right in that fucking eye, and you say, that was too many microwave dinners, mama. Oh, we should do a podcast called Sleep Deprivation, <laughs> where you just don't sleep, and then you only have silly billies. <laughs> You hit it up all and you say, maybe we could have afforded an aluminum bat if a mama worked too. <laughs> <laughs> um. And every time you miss that catch, you look and say, mama, maybe if you weren't so drunk when you were throwing me the ball, it would have come close enough for me to practice catching the ball. I don't want to say you were a drunk growing up, but you breastfed me. <laughs> <laughs> She's red feeding the coffee liqueur with cream. Why doesn't Kahlua go bad? It's just sitting there on the shelf. It's got fucking cream in it. Oh, that's a good question. The alcohol, maybe? Yeah, that's what we always say. The alcohol <laughs> saves us. I ask every guest this question. <laughs> Why doesn't Kahlua go bad? <laughs> As you're just drinking five-year-old Kahlua. <laughs> Next up is the delightful, salty, sweet, fortune feemster, talking about how supportive her hometown was when she started doing stand-up. I love this story. It's it's a heart warm. It's a heart melter. She'll go to bed and Val and I will look at photos of her and stuff. Aww. And I'm like, it's it's <laughs> I'm like, put it away. Yeah, put it away. too much. In the same way, I'm like, stop listening to brushstrokes <laughs> on a dry canvas. <laughs> it's the same. Sort of like, so much I like it, but... Yeah. And you're giving me that feeling because it's just so beautiful. Oh, and forgive me for having... A, a preconceived notion that the South must have been like, Merry Christmas to everyone who's no, straight. I know. <laughs> no, I have a, it's a lovely hometown, good. really good people. I, when I, I came out to, they used to, before I could get any stage time and stand up, they would have me perform in like the back of bars in the, my hometown. I'm having a hard time. Or I know, get I ready, just, get ready. I just can't handle it. Or this. there would be like an event space and they would come out and draw. I mean, I was no one. Like I was not on television. Mm. I was only a couple years in the stand up. They would come out in droves. They would buy like 200 tickets, 300 tickets to see me perform wow. in these little spaces. And I. Just you. Just like me. A headlining just show. me, which is bonkers. I would 
can't believe Would they you have paid an opener? anything. No. Just you. Because I just wanted to practice. I just wanted to. And I was like, this well. Reminds, the first time I did stand up, it was yeah. all Christian college friends. Mm-hmm. Rented out a restaurant and tons of friends and family came. Yeah. They were just like, we just want to support Very you. Nice You're community. out in LA. Yeah. They thought me just living here was making it. That was your credit. Yeah. She lives in Hollywood. And I was very nervous. My, uh, it was the second, the first time I didn't talk about being gay when I performed there. I, six months, like a year later, came home to do another one. And I was like, I gotta do it. My joke is about being gay. And I said, so, and I hadn't come out to anyone in my hometown, just my family. So I go, so I'm gay. And like, it was, it was like 250 people. They stood up and gave me like a standing ovation. Fortune. And I was like, <gasps> I'm going to be in the sauna. I was like, what is happening? I'll be in the sauna. I couldn't believe it. Because I, I did expect, I was the same as you. I expected like people to I be can't. like, oh, oh, they gave me a standing ovation in the sure. middle of little North Carolina. That's the face it was beautiful. of God right there. It was beautiful. That's touching the face <laughs> of God. It's so they have beautiful. been with me from day one. Standing ovation. You should have closed. I know. Day. I was like, and I'm out. How do I Literally, follow? Like... How do I follow? I'm gay. <laughs> Shit. You look um, at your list. So I'm very, I'm very lucky that I have that just beautiful hometown mm. love. People, you know, it's ten ten thousand people live there. When I was growing 10, up, it was around six thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, um, I did two shows at my Christian college, one when I was married and one when I was divorced. Oh, really? And I sure as shit didn't talk about being divorced <laughs> the second time. Oh, I bet. Sometimes diff- my community a little bit more fundamentalist mm-hmm. and a little bit would have been harsher. We used to have gay uh, pastors come uh-huh. uh, very rarely. I'm sure. Very rarely. Uh-huh. Uh, by the petition of certain groups of students. And people would go so that they could le- stand up and leave and let the door oh, slam behind interesting, them. Interesting, yeah. So people really, by the way, wouldn't be surprised if they were a little bit G-A-Y, that's, you acting this that's way. That's the secret. G-A-Y, you acting this yeah, way. Yeah, G-A-Y, are you so uncomfortable yeah. with this gay person's <laughs> talking to a group of people? <laughs> G-A-Y. G-A-Y. Sometimes you need to ask yourself, G-A-Y, am I so angry? Yeah, gee, why are you sweating when these hot guys are around? <laughs> oh my God! Everybody, help us love like yeah. this. I love. I I would pay. You've given me two time travel dreams. One, <laughs> you dancing to "Money" by Pink Floyd. Yep. And I I would pay large sums of money to see that, <laughs> and I'd pay even lar- way larger. In fact, when I'm dying. <laughs> I hope I remember that, yeah. that standing ovation. And in my DMT hallucination as I'm passing, mm-hmm. I hope I see it. The standing ovation. Because that's, what, I, that's, what, I, that's what I'm about. I'd love to be at my past standing ovation to be a part of your death experience. Death experience. And it, Val will be there because she's younger than me. And I just go, fortune. <laughs> and everyone goes, They're like, he got yeah. his wish. <laughs> Yeah. And then the bells ring. Oh, that's beautiful, Pete. I, I want it. Because it's so beautiful. It's, it's so pretty great. And the stakes were pretty high. And, then and you, you didn't even know. You didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. You were afraid. I was very afraid. And then guess what? Love, love was there. Love. And that's that, the best. And you know, the South can get a bad rap like that because it's all viewed as one entity. Yeah. And it's unfair. not. it's not that way. Next up is Matt Nathanson, number one. We're talking about Boston dads and botism. Botism. <laughs> I love this one. 
My dad, every time I bring it up, this is Boston. Uh, I actually don't drink anymore. I, I don't either. I, I stopped I haven't drinking. Drank. Really? I haven't had a drink since I, I was in high school. Is that right? Yeah, and I've never done a drug. I Well, there's some of your music points that way, and I actually heard you in an interview say that, and yeah. we were going to talk about that. I was going to write down. I'll write, oh down, write that down, dude. Use but when my, when my father stopped drinking, uh, maybe 10 years ago, he would then just assume that I had stopped drinking. That's botism. That's botism. <laughs> botism is the fucking answer. He would be like, you don't drink, do you, Peter? Motherfucker. Yeah. Ask a question. Dude. And I love my dad, but motherfucker, ask a question. My dad, every time I order something at <laughs> a restaurant, even our, our relationship is so good now. And I'll be like, hey, I'll take the um, I'll take the, the pork tenderloin. And he'll be like, I thought you only ate steak and pizza. And Autism. I'll be like, Jerry, I haven't eaten steak and pizza since I was fucking nine. Bautism. He's like, bautism. Ba- yeah. High fu- not even high functioning. Regular yeah. functioning yeah. bautism. I thought you only ate steaks and pizza. That's it. My Holy poor brother, shit. John. My poor brother, John. I think at Legal Seafoods, he ordered the fish and chips spicy maybe 10 times in a row. That is a lot. And it's been 30 years. And it's always and my dad just goes, fish and chips spicy. Like, my brother's getting something else. But my dad will be like, you're getting the fish and chips spicy, Peter? Or I'm sorry, John. I drank too many sodas at my neighbor's house. Oh, fuck. In the 80s. This is therapy. In the 80s. I I didn't have to drive two hours for this. every time I go and see them now, he's like, hey, you. And he said, hey, go easy on the soda. So I stopped drinking soda over there because I felt self-conscious. Of course you did. And now every time I'm there. You're a victim of autism. He says to me. You want a soda? <laughs> of course. Every time. And of it's like, course. and it's kind of awesome and it's kind of comforting. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, Jesus. If we're going to say it's kind of awesome, we have to say it's kind of abusive. <laughs> we have to. I have to have you at least hear me say that. I want to hear you say Because it, one time, Valerie went to dinner. We, I, I don't do this shit anymore. I don't subject Valerie to like five dinners in a row right. with my parents but I used to oh. we've been dating we've been together long enough that she was there while the boundaries I think it's been like five years okay. six years or something I'm not good I'm not good with spatial I'm intelligence not I'm I don't not know good. where I lived I'm not good oh, with what, linear what time year is it? man ladybugs don't know they're Italian and <laughs> it's right now that's what fucking time amen. is amen dude. Maria but Kendo. also just my brain doesn't work can't we just admit that some we're we're just interpreting reality through like a certain type of brain. Thousand percent. You know what I mean? I just Our go, lens like, is. Why the- does it? But why does that? Why do I have to identify with it? I don't like. Here's me identifying with it. I don't care about time. That's not true. Well, I'm just using a brain that's not very good at it. So I just go. My brain's not very good at that. If Val was here, she wouldn't have her feelings hurt by that. But I'm also have some separation between you and your brain, and just be like, uh, for better or worse, I'm not good at that sort of stuff. Instead of being like. Oh, that's my personality. Can I take this a that's step me, further? Baby. Can I take this a step sure. further? You say you're not good at it. That's not actually true. I know I'm not as good as the national average, or I or but even that. You're it, what it is is that you you the habit of it is not something that you formed and you haven't felt it's that's important exactly enough right. to lean into. Because it. when I was in seventh grade, you can do anything. Yeah. On a uh, uh, to a obviously, if you want to be a center forward on the Knicks or whatever, you can't. Right. Like, if you don't have the talent, but most of us can change the habits inside of ourselves to make it work still. As, yeah, as long as you can lean into it and you take the time and the effort to do it. Don't forget, you might be wrong. Don't forget. You can change. You can change. Dude, you've this stumbled like free upon to be you and one me of, here. But it's important. Yes. I love us. I, I, I miss us. <laughs> yes, you haven't even We're right yet, here and I miss, and I miss you. It. 
Next up is Sam Richardson. I love this chat with Sam, and this is us talking about life on a cruise ship. You know, they, they knew no each other. And no pair. And no pair. Dude, you know? so it this was is a, your dark movie. It really is. Because that, that's heavy. So you have no friend, and then you get there, and you're doing greatest hit sketches. Exactly. Right? You know? And, and then, like, an improv set at the end of the week. And did you guys bond fast? I have we to did. We, we did. We came yeah. together pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, not for Christmas. Not for Christmas. Not in time for Christmas. Not, not in time for, like, an actual real Christmas like, feel. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're all like, hey, let's have dinner. It's like, uh, I don't Right. I don't love you. I don't you hear like you. the soft John Mayer co- cover of Jingle Bells. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, ah, that sucks. Turn it so, up, please. But I mean, you were 22 turning 23, and that mm-hmm. is sort of, looking back, that is kind of when you want to, if you're going to kick Christmas in the teeth, you might as well do it before you're old enough to know what real pain is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. I just mean like, no. if you're going to kill some darlings, let's do it then. Like, the I was working at Bennigan's in Chicago and I would work New Year's and you'd work Thanksgiving, all these things. Because who fucking cares? You, right. We were just trying to do comedy. Yeah. Right? It, exactly. And that was the thing. Like, I, like, it, it, like the sacrifice of it, I didn't even think about it until like it was on Christmas Day. I was like, this is the saddest thing. Right. You know, and, but, like, but part of it is oh, uh, that like, I also find Christmas incredibly sad. Like that's what I love about Christmas is how sad it makes you feel. The melancholy. The melancholy of it. Well, my favorite uh, Christmas song is, is uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. I'll Be Home for Christmas. I mean, it, it rips you up. Yeah, it's a good one. It rips you up. I love beautiful sadness. And like have French yourself sadness. a merry little Christmas. I'm sorry. That's the one. That's the, yeah. Have yourself a merry little Ooh. Christmas. Will devastate me. I am not. None of the songs I like have sleigh bells in them. Yeah, let's say that yeah. they all have strings. <laughs> string. <laughs> so I'll listen to like a, a Frank Sinatra sing a, a sad Christmas song every yeah. other week. And he's alone. And, and he's, he's alone. on stage. He's on it's stage. Like you. And like empty. Like, like, like a the, cigarette. The microphone sounds empty. There's just a waitress. Like, <laughs> yes. What are you Jewish? <laughs> have yourself a like. Well, like he wants to know why she's working. Yeah, exactly. What are you? Uh, you, you don't celebrate the birth of our Lord. <laughs> But then he's still saying <laughs> you're still working. <laughs> um, have you seen uh, the Family Stone? I have not seen the Family Stone. It is the Christmas movie for you. Yeah, here's why. It's the sad Christmas movie, oh, but it's not sad it. just for sad sake. It's not like Babel. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not just like and they open the Christmas and it's their own severed head, and Al Pacino comes in and starts screaming at his reflection. It's like beautiful. It's it's. I swear, I'd love to have the guy who made that movie. It, it is a man. I'm not just assuming he wrote and directed it. Yeah. Um, because I think he his mission was to make the song "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" into a movie, uh, and it prominently uh, features it. Yeah. And there's crying. We watch it every year. Five different points we cry. Yeah. And you'll love it. Uh-oh. Good cry. Uh-oh. Good cry. Am I about to watch this thing in February? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a year-round movie. I, I it's mean, a year-round movie, and it'll make you feel Christmassy. Yeah. It'll, you're going to get there. <laughs> Text me when you have my number. Text me two things. A PDF of the first draft of the script. <laughs> yep. Okay. Pacino I'm, mirror. I'm thinking, I'm thinking yeah, first yeah. draft. I, I'd like you to outline it. Okay. I'm, I'm good with dialogue, but story is... Cool. I'll, I'll like, break the story. Yeah, I'll break yeah, the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Pacino Mirror, PDF, uh-huh. and uh, your reaction to that movie. Okay. So you said it started off good. It started out off good. It was like it was just fun. It was like a party, you know, yeah. on this cruise ship. Like we, I worked. We would work five hours a week, you know, and the rest of the time was free time. Yeah. Uh, I'm 22, and just on these islands. I mean, uh, it was a tropical. Group? Tropical, yeah. Oh, wow. We're in Saint Lucia and Samana and Barbados. Wow. All these places. 
and like hang out with like these dancers, the other entertainers, the other entertainers. So like, it was just paid to party essentially. Right. It was really fun. Did you gain some lbs? Uh, I, I, I did because there's buffets. It's just non-stop buffets. buffets, nonstop beer, nonstop everything. So just like constant, constant. Right? It's, it's, was it free? Uh, so like there was the, the buffets were free. Get out! Uh, there was dollar beers in the crew bar. But my first contract, I did two contracts. The first contract, I was like, I'm I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. Yeah. And I just started living like I was on vacation the whole time. So right. I'd go into port and I'd be like, get drink, 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 drink. You know, like, pay right. for this, pay for that, get this. Oh, uh, no, no there worries. There's no sense of like, because I know this, that's what young men do. There's no sense of like, okay, I'm, my salary is inflated because this won't last forever. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> that's what Verbigli has said to me, man. He goes, you're in the major leagues now. So, like, don't go in behind the music yourself. Right. Like, you get paid more. For the TV shows that you're on now, because there will be years that you're not on a TV show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You're getting paid cruise money now because next year there might be another guy that's doing this, or maybe you don't want to do it. Yeah, right. So you're burning through cash. Burning through cash, and then at the end of it, I was like, oh, I haven't saved any money. I didn't save any money, so I went back home for like a month with my girlfriend, then went back on another ship. Because uh, like, by the time I came back, uh, Second City Detroit had closed down, actually. So while you were at sea, I, while I was at sea, you came back haggard and smelling of salt. <laughs> exactly, you're like what happens? Like pea coat. Like what? Where is it? <laughs> Tell me, boy. Where's the second city? <laughs> Tell me, boy. boy. That is so funny. I just saw the boy loading barrels onto a ship, exactly. rolling them. Tell rolling me, them. boy. Boy, you. <laughs> Where is the second city? The second city's gone, sir. Like, oh. What do you mean, God? <laughs> oh, like I said, you stupid. Right. He's rude to you. He's rude to you. Have no juice anymore. <laughs> None. He's like, your thing is gone. You know, I'm saying registered from. There's okay. a comedy sports now. <laughs> I hope you like short form, bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, he throws you a prop. What does that look like? Yeah, so, a doodle's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> He <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell me we were playing object work. Right. <laughs> Next up is Matthew Gray Goobler. We're talking about what we're scared of. Uh-oh, he had good ghost stories. This is us talking about what we're scared of. No, my mom's listening to this it. one, so I want to tell it to my but mom. But do you think abominable snowmans yeah. are real? I do, 100%. Why? And are you because, being silly? No, I'm not being silly. Bah! I believe in all that. Now, here's why. <clears throat> Imagine you locked take, in. Take you're about to get. We're about to get real weird. Um, take a voyage with me, Pete Holmes and Aristotle Holmes. <laughs> That's your son, right? <laughs> His last to name is Plato. Plato. <laughs> you're very, very accomplished, by the way. Um, take, a, take a voyage with me to the year 1850. Okay. You've never seen a rhinoceros before. Some guy comes back from India. We're over here living in Los Angeles, and he says, "There's a thing over there." It's like covered in armor. It's got a horn. He's describing a dragon. You'd be like, that doesn't exist. That's crazy. It does. I think that the world and the ocean and the it's space, wilder. I believe in it all. Yeah. And I feel like anything, like, a, like if you'd never, so in, in my long story short is I do believe in a lot of cryptozoology. I believe in the abominable snowman. I 100% think it's real. My biggest nightmare is him or the Gigantopithecus, which looks a lot like Bigfoot. Gigantopithecus really existed. It was a giant beast like a mm. 10 foot tall monkey oh, even thinking about it and i don't want to ruin the ending of Whoa. a book but uh, one of my favorite authors edgar Allan poe he oh, wrote a story yeah. r- murders on the rue morgue and i don't want to give away the ending but i know who did it 
I, I think, yeah, exactly. And that might have been what was born of my fear. My fear for a bottle of snowman was born. You have but, to tell them what happened. I can't do it. I can't betray. Uh, it's a murder. Let's not betray. Are you? I know. I guess it's you're an author, dude. We're authors now, bro. We're, we got to hold the pack. But Aristotle can ruin it for them. Have you written a book, Aristotle? Want to tell him who did it at the end? Anyway. <laughs> There's some scary. Sp- we just told everybody, by the way. He won't. He's what's, anyway. I've been scared of them. They're very because large. The, it's just encountering, and it's that moment. My big fear. <clears throat> it's not like I'm gonna get hepatitis from the the monster. I'm not scared of that. I'm scared of like opening a door and it's standing there, and it's like, <laughs> and it, I have that like one second where I see its red eyes, its big teeth, the fact that it's bigger than me, and just eats my head. Just fuck, freaking karate chops my head and then eats it. And that's my big fear. What's your big fear? Don't you think you would like run or duck? Or <laughs> I would be jump. paralyzed. Yeah. No, I would be paralyzed with fear. If I, I'm more of like... Like the Blair Witch Project I is love more scary movie. for me. It's a great like yeah. being in a tent and yeah. hearing children playing at midnight, and you're like, ah! or I, 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 I don't like. Uh, I'm also I can catch myself because I was raised religious. I still have some lingering superstition, so yeah. I'll be afraid yeah. of offending uh, like a powerful deity person. Yeah, and like in your New Orleans, like I don't like New Orleans, like, like New Orleans. No, no. See, even now, I I'm love like, New Orleans. No disrespect, New Orleans. No disrespect, New Orleans. But I'll I, Pete Holmes, let me get some of your hair. That I'm sending like your hair to New Orleans. Elective metal fingernail, <laughs> yeah. and he's holding a chicken, and it doesn't look like the chicken is happy about it, and he's going into a basement, and I go, "Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought you were." Some big fat idiot. And he goes, what? And I go, oh, never mind. He went in and goes, oh, now I know who this chicken's for. And then he goes into a basement. I'd spend the rest of the day going like, the rest of my life. Can I describe? Waiting for the metal fingernail to get me. Your biggest fear in life, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. This is not going to happen. You're walking down New Orleans Street. You feel a tap on your shoulder. You turn, a man blows dust. Yes. Dust. He says, first of all, he says, she goes, he goes, Pete Holmes? He yeah. Says, yes. Like, he you've blows, been served. He blows dust yeah. in your face. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you become. Yeah, no, you're, that's actually more I'm right. Like willing it to happen yeah. by saying it. I don't want it to no, happen. That's so funny. But I'm seeing the guy right now. He's got the longest robe. He's got it. Because what he did in this reality, in this fear, I can't just grab it. You can run from the monkey thing. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna haunt you for like a but week. But that stuff just got in. You're gonna slowly die as a zombie, man. That's yeah. the that's the uh, that's the layer of the worm premise. Mm-hmm. It's an old movie. It's like an old voodoo movie. Oh boy, a voodoo movie, a voodoo movie, a voodoo movie, a VM, a movie, a movie, a voodoo movie, You gonna go see that new voodoo I'm gonna catch it. I can't wait. Oh, the one with Pete Holmes' kitchen. <laughs> the one where Pete Holmes buried alive. gets a handful, gets of, a dust handful in the face of dust in a city that he's already uncomfortable in. <laughs> Drink inside, guys. Hey, Pete Holmes, have some Drink champagne. Drink inside. <laughs> Pete Holmes. <laughs> I guess it's You fun. think it's someone asking for an autograph because they say your name before you turn. And then that's what makes it worse. But that's what lets the spell take dust. hold. Yeah. Is that I turn <laughs> with pride. With this big going, it's big, another fan. Big, 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 Grin on your face, like yeah, oh, right uh, your, it's, it's in your eyes. Always nice it's to all- meet a. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And you know what's funny is it could just be, you know, Ovaltine and it would work because I'd be so scared. I'm not going to do it to you, but I so desperately want to have Colin, the guy that they drove me here, blow dust. I want to text yeah. him to come out and knock oh, on your door. Oh, my. Next up is Ashling B talking about how estrogen chills men's men out and women's periods. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember this. I'm going to have to listen with you. Uh, and uh, Estrogen being estrogen in the room. quells it. I say estrogen So no. in very, a lot of male-dominated societies, they tend to be more warmongering because mm. of all the buildup of testosterone, which is also an aggressor factor. And then if you have a, a balance, which isn't also the best thing for your mental health, but a balanced society with estrogen and testosterone mm. quells us all out. So you have a So you're saying of, by you being here... Yeah. Our testosterone, like, look at you, of, how chilled out you are. I am pretty That's chilled. That's because of my the presence of my ovaries. Well, I'm worried to agree because I I just agree. I agree. Yeah. Like in the writers' room on days, let's say it was a small room. Mm-hmm. If some of the women weren't there yet, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not a fan of this. I'm a lady man. Mm. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I'm, in- I'm into you guys. <laughs> your eggs, your boobs. I don't mind you. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> but I, also, you know that I just don't want to be guilty of making women sound like a plant because a plant has that quality too. Yeah, that's true. A plant or, in the room um, can calm things down. A goldfish. A goldfish. Well, yeah, natural yeah. things. Sometimes, if things. I can't make a meeting, I'll send a little bag with a goldfish in it. That's a threat. And see in if this that'll country. be. Oh, really? Yeah, that means I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that's like throwing a shoe. Yeah. At someone in another you country. You don't. But do you know what? What's interesting about oh, like, throwing the shoe? Say with testosterone, you're going. It 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 enables your decisiveness. But then what you have to manage is going. But do, am I making the right decision? That's so to, the, that's to right. lean into that. I was. I'm reading this book, which I keep on mentioning, called Period Power at the moment, and I'm like a woman without it. No. Sentences end. No. <laughs> it's just Imagine comma, this comma, book comma, without comma, periods. Comma. I'm like, when do I breathe? It'd be when like Christopher Walken. <laughs> no, he takes the punctuation out of his script. That's so funny as well because we don't say period for a full stop in the UK and Ireland. Full stop. Yeah. So when, when Americans are like, I'm done with you, period, you're like, why are you bringing up my menstrual cycle? Oh my God. Um, but uh, in this, it talks about how. How and I was I was talking to Sabrina Jalise about this yesterday in her podcast actually mm. that don't um, bleep, bleep that out so please. I'm so sorry to mention, mention another, another podcast. podcast I'm so uh, right in front of me to my face you'd say that <laughs> why would you do that period <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I'm not it. having a period um, B please um, I'm just gonna free bleed all over your couch free bleed free bleed <laughs> and I'm free bleed. free bleed oh that was God. the original one that they couldn't get past the censors it's sometimes hard to write a first draft yeah but you know what uh, fallen seemed to be you ever just take your tampon out better. in the ocean Tom <laughs> Tom um, Tom I don't because that's how you get bitten by the sharks yes that's right next up is Kenny DeForest again we're talking I remember this we're talking about the Joker god I was manic this day I had just seen the Joker and this is us making fun of the Joker uh, the Joker yeah, or do you want them to be corporate overlords where you have to buy stock to have a say? Wow. And Kenny DF. How about that? Down 2F. So that's what I think about. And that's why. And also, like, because then, then at least with the government, your money is what they call democratized, where you can at least vote on what to do with it. And then. That's interesting. I haven't seen a ballot at McDonald's. I haven't seen one either. Hey, you know what I'd like you to do with the profits? 
Sabar shampoo that doesn't tingle so much. Oh, he was a comedian again. Oh, we thought he was a different guy, but he's not. A different guy, but it's me. It was me, the Joker's manager, and also kind of the same voice as the guy that says, Hey, this yogurt here is uh, parfait the course. <laughs> Since I've been doing yogurt, my trips have been less intense. It's me, Kenny the Forest, <laughs> but in a different voice, saying different things, <laughs> kind of similar. I think doing all that yogurt is waking up my kundalini. Hot yogurt? It's going to be a little too runny at that point. Buddy, you don't want hot yogurt. You Don't order the Bikram yogurt. Trust me on that one. <laughs> Cut to black gurgle sound, like fart gurgle sound. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> Credits of our first movie. Uh, we wrote it and sold it. I needed this. I needed some silly This is our time. Joker movie. What's and, then we, and then we wrote the yogurt movie and <laughs> sold it for $12 billion. Are you fermented yet? <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about you, milk. Are you yogurt yet? When you bring me up, would you bring me up as the yoker? The yoker. <laughs> the yoker. No. 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 I will. I will. I certainly will. The yoker. The yoker. Yoker. <laughs> yoker. <laughs> would you bring me up as yoker? God, that's funny. He kind of says it's sweet. He is the yoker. Would you bring me up as yoker? <laughs> oh, that's not a bad Joaquin. All right. Next up is Topher Grace. We're talking about uh, the play Our Town and how it was a religious experience. What, we always end by talking about the meaning of life. Do you have a normcore answer for the meaning of life? I'm just wondering. Just show up on time. Do your best work. No, <laughs> no, no. no I, I'm, I'm not punctual. even teasing you. What is the framework that you have for reality? What do you think is going on here? Oh well, do you have a, yeah, well, a, a well? You're model? asking the wrong person. I'm. I. I did feel when you came on my show. This is why I wanted to come to yours because I literally just wanted to talk to you for a while because I love. No, seriously, your mind is so in this stuff. I guess I am a little avoidant uh, when it comes to this stuff, but I will tell you the closest I ever had to a religious experience was doing Our Town. I think that play is perfect, and being in it is unbelievable and uh that's the closest i ever can do you know the play no not really our Why town did I say not really because i'm familiar with the words are in town no and you've heard of the play yeah, I've heard of it's it. done in every high school it's actually not great to see in my opinion it's really great to be in or to read or to then to read and then be in was like a transformative i mean i'm talking mm. like i was in eighth grade or something but it really changed my life which is it the first act <clears throat> and the stage manager is a character he's also kind of a godlike figure but no scenery. I mean, there's like two ladders or something. And the first act is just about how uh, normal this town is. That they And they give you, and they have like the editor of the newspaper come out and give you all these facts about this kind of fictional town in New Hampshire around the turn of the century. And then, but it's not fun turn of the century because no one's even in costumes, you know, so it's just kind right. of. There's nothing town. to eat. <clears throat> yep. Second yeah. act is. Yeah. At the end of the first act, you get, oh, this boy lives next door to this girl. They like each other. Second act, they're getting married. And the, the stage manager is saying, you know, the first act was a day in the life. The second act is, you know, marriage and children and whatever. And so they flash back to them how they kind of got together. Then they show them getting married. It's still like 
relatively boring the whole show it it, it mm. stops itself short of ever being um like a great narrative kind of because it's just kind of a that's boring, the point yeah well what happens in the third act is called death and the narrator you know the stage manager comes out and he's talking to you about that and uh, there are chairs that are set up that are like um gravestones and some of the characters you know it's time has gone by some of the characters you knew are sitting on these chairs and then this girl who got married in the second act comes out and she just died in childbirth and she's sitting on the stage with them and she starts talking to the other you know the funeral's going on but she's talking to other people who are in their graves essentially and um thornton wilder wrote it just has some really beautiful words about <clears throat> we all know something within us is eternal it's like it's like the most non-denominational idea of religion. This play, yeah. But there's, um, there's something. All, all these people that are in their graves are trying to forget their life on Earth, and it takes a long time to do. And they're all just sitting there very quietly. It's like a Buddhist and, idea. That's why they cremate. Yes, he spent a lot of time in yeah. China, I think, when he was a yeah. kid. So it's like they cremate so you get detached from your body faster. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, this guy he wrote a lot of amazing plays, but. Um, the thing that makes this one such a classic is she then realizes she can go back into her life. So when she's in this grave, she goes, I I just thought about being on the farm with my husband and I was just there for a second. And this woman she knows is there says, don't do it. Like, don't go back there. You can. And she's asked the stage manager who now she can talk to, you know, like, can, you know, why can't I go back? And he says, you can go back to whenever you want, but you will see what people don't know. Which is that? I mean, that you're eternal. Yeah, my uh, no, my definition of the plane. This is just mine. Is that you are in heaven, essentially? Like, and that's what really moved me about it. And she, Wait, when she was dead, she was in heaven. No, when she was alive, she was in. Heaven. That's really what it's about. Oh. So she does. She chooses to go back to her thirteenth birthday, and um, this uh, productions are different of it. I saw, I think, the best production ever, which is this David Cromer production, in New York, where. They'd had no scenery and no sets and no costumes. And then they pull back this curtain and it's a deep set of this kitchen and everyone's in period uh, garb and there's snow snowing outside and they even were frying bacon backstage in this production I saw. Wow. So you're smelling it and this mom's cooking breakfast and she kind of reenters her body. She can also talk to the stage manager, but she just lives this just another normal boring day. Uh, you know, for I guess she's turning 13, so that's interesting. But the mom's kind of yelling at her to get to school. And then she breaks down at the end and says, Oh my God, I never. And she gives this list of things. You know, I never appreciated warm baths and mm. um, you know, the smell of bacon in the morning and autumn leaves. And, you know, and then she goes back and she says, Okay, don't worry. I won't ever try to. She says to everyone in this graveyard, I won't try to go back. I'm just going to sit here now. And, you know, it was too painful. And I, I just think it's the greatest fucking thing ever written. It's just about like. I mean, everyone has a different definition. So my definition is that, you know, this is heaven right now. Um, and uh, w- look, my wife and I are agnostic, so it's not like we're very spiritual. But that play, it's funny, since I was in that, I've never really worried about death or anything. Hmm. But that's a you know great wow. piece of literature, yeah. It's one of my favorite. Normally the God section, I'm a little bit guilty of talking too much <laughs> Sorry, <dude. laughs> no me no i know sorry to no not a, i i don't here's what people might not know is i i don't really want to do it but i want to sort of bounce ideas off the person and and, and mm. coax out some of their ideas 
And often that happens, but often it'll just be me talking. And I, that's one of my favorite God answers ever. Oh, thanks, man. I, what I did it, I did it twice. The first time I did it in eighth grade, um, there was a teacher who was an English teacher, Mr. Levinson, at my middle school, and no one was going to do the play. So there just wasn't going to be a play that year. And I was so passionate about acting. I mean, I didn't see myself as an actor at the time, but I just loved being in these high school, middle school plays. And I convinced this guy who had been my English teacher the year before, who's an amazing guy. Like I could tell from his classes how much I loved him to direct this play. Mm. And then he did it. And we'd, uh, he said it in, in our town. I grew up in Darien, Connecticut. So it was, we were, we were saying it was, um, well, it's based on Petersburg, but it's, uh, Grover's Corners, I think. I always mix it up with the, it's a wonderful, but basically it's a wonderful life is our town. If you've ever mm-hmm, seen that movie, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. So, um, uh, he used, when the stage manager's talking, he used slides of our actual town we were in to kind of try to affect the audience and say, this is about you. And every night, that's a nice idea. I've never told the story before to anyone. I mean, I guess I've told, talked to my mom about this, but like every night we would, I would finish rehearsals. It's probably why I wanted to be an actor. Even I didn't pursue it, but like I'm so happy to be in it. I'd then stay and we'd talk for like, this is one of those great teachers. You know, we talked for like, you know, an hour and a half or something about the meaning of life. I mean, my ideas of the meaning of life in like at 13 must have been so horrible. <laughs> and this guy, you know, filtered through this play. I was like getting it and, you know, it was like, that's the most, when I think about education, that's the most someone ever... And it wasn't in the classroom. It was crazy. Right. And then when I went back, I was in, I think I, I had started 70s show. So it was like, he was really tickled that I had had success. And I went and took him to lunch and he was older now. And, uh, and that's what we were talking about is how like, it's just, this is heaven. Like, right. And I tr- a school teacher, like the salary that guy was on and the, the, the extra the, mile that he the extra do. mile yeah. he was doing. I mean, he must've thought it was, he- you know, there's no other excuse. And, uh, that's right. He, he, I mean, what I'm getting from what you're saying is a belief that I have, which is living presently is eternity and is heaven. That's right. That's right. And that's and, what Jesus said. And basically, you know, who opinion. knows? I mean, it works for both people who think it goes black when you die and people who don't, it's all the same. You know what I mean? Like right. it's really a perfect, uh, encouraging one to, Read it, and if it's boring at the beginning, stick with it because right. it's supposed to like the I whole like point things is, that are boring on purpose. Yeah, well, the audience the at the end goes, "Oh, did I take the whole play for granted up until then?" You know, like, right? Like your life. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, that's one of the great things that art can do. A great movie. I, I notice whenever I watch a Wes Anderson movie, the next time I wash my hands it just seems so much more interesting. I have that when I come out of Transformers movies into the parking lot. I'm like, oh. Whoa. Yeah, it wakes up, it wakes up your imagination a little bit. Yeah, and all the cars are just sitting there. I'm like, come on, <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna go first? Yeah, it shows you the potential. I, I think that's beautiful. I have nothing to add. Never happens. Whoa! All right, I beat you at the religious stuff. You won. Who knew that was gonna happen? <laughs> no, I want them to. I want the other person to win. If you want to hear my beliefs, listen to any other episode. <laughs> Matthew Nathanson is back. Matt Nathanson, back. I made him Matthew. And he's talking about... I love this chat. This was a really important chat. Great episode all around, as I already said. This is talking about the importance of speaking your truth. Francesca's brilliant. She's a Buddhist, and she was saying... She's like, I think 
<clears throat> what you'll really regret is not uh, not being yourself, not being honest. You'll actually regret bending and breaking and being false and like lying. Sure. And like compromising yourself you in are. that way, artistically, but also relationally. I, I keep saying psychically, but, but I do think it pay, takes a psychic toll. It on grinds you. you down. This is what I'm saying. It's this is why you're sad and you don't know you're sad. Yes, is because you compromising, keep yielding. Yeah, when speaking your truth is free and it fills you up, and it won't hurt the other person as much as you think it does. It feels like when you drink water. When and you if drink, they don't like, want you to speak your truth, it doesn't matter. What are you doing with? But them? not only that, but you don't. It doesn't matter what they think. You're not getting That's any. Right. Their reaction is inconsequential. That's right. It's about you. you Self governed machine. Yes, That's and you're right. standing up and you are being yourself and just bask in the warm sunlight of your own you were bad you. assness. Yeah. And yes. you, what was it? And you found your place in the na- in the order of things. Oh yeah, and the oh that fucking thing about the beauty of yeah. of yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh my god. You were a bell and that's the sound you make. Yeah, you're announcing your place in the family of things. Oh. You're announcing your place in the family of things instead of going what am I supposed to be? Because these are un- these people, every human, ourselves included, are um you can't count on them because they are coming from their own place. There's no truth that they know that you don't know. They only know their own experience and their own truth. And so whatever that means to you, this woman texted me back and said, life's too yeah, short, like blessing, like, 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 and, and I, and I just deleted it because, and I said to my wife, I said, dude, am I wrong? I said, am yeah. I wrong in this? And she goes, here's the deal. You haven't talked to your mom in eight years. Why the fuck should you spend your time talking to someone when you met 15 years ago who fucked you over? She's already done it. Yeah. You gave her an opportunity. She didn't step up. And now you are cleaning the deck because life is short and you only have That's a small right. window of time to be with the people you That's actually right. love. That's right. And then she she said, if she had come to you and said, I'm re- the first part of the text was, I'm really sorry that I fucked you over and you're coming to Ann Arbor and I'd love to take you to tea. I could have then said, you know what? That is super. But she brushed over it like That's she right. never did it. That's right. And it's like you are um, you, you are a non I can't count on you in this situation. I've shown you shown me this and it's and you're not that important to me as a resource. That's right. I'm moving on. Last but not least, guys, this has been so fun. I really hope, what a perfect way to close it out. This is Colin Hay, live at Largo, which is reopening, by the way. I'm so excited. Next month, I have a living at Largo, oh, I should say, on July. Let me look it up real quick. I believe it's on July 13th. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. This is Colin Hay. Uh, a long time ago at Largo at the You Made It Weird Live that he did. Thank you so much for listening, guys. What a perfect way to play us out. Thank you, Katie, for editing this together. And uh, enjoy. Here's Colin Hay. We can't not end with a song. Would you mind playing one more? And, and here's the fun part. The guest says, keep it crispy at the end. That's how the show ends. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. So I'm just giving this to you. You could play a song, any song, and at the end you could say, keep it crispy, and that's how we'll end. And if you forget, just look at me and I'll go, Jack Target. (laughs) The boy who yelled cunt. It's like, at the end you go, and that man was Donald Trump. (laughs) A complete cunt. Yeah, there you go. Um...
You know, Bob, Bob's, got, you got, Bob's got a great gag, actually. My friend Bob Franklin. Oh. Uh, I'm going to email him later. <laughs> yeah. Jack Target at Hotmail.com. <laughs> what is it? What is the gag? He says, um, forgive me, Bob, for repeating your uh, joke. He says, uh, ego is not a dirty word, but cunt is. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. Uh, it's his joke, but I mean, I credit him, so it's okay. Yeah, I think you're okay. He's one of my favourite. He's so, so, so great. Um, a song. Um, what? I love that one. Well, speaking of sobriety, this is the song I wrote when I'm driving across the Panga Canyon. And um, I thought, I better start writing some songs. So I thought, I have to um, do things that are um, rituals, you know, simple things, because I'd spent so much time drinking, a lot of time on, you have a lot of time on your hands when you stop. You know, so having a cup of tea, don't do it quickly, take your time, just slow down, because everything's okay, go for a drive, sit, look at the old, all those classic things. But it is true, you know, and it does help, yeah. you know. So that's what this, this, this song was. It's a beautiful world I like swimming in the sea I like to go out beyond The white breakers Where a man can still be free Or a woman if you are one I like swimming in the sea My, my, my it's a beautiful world I like drinking Irish tea With a little bit of Lapsang Sushon I like making my own tea My, my, my It's a beautiful world I like driving in my car I roll the top down sometimes I travel quite far Drive to the ocean Stare up at the stars I like driving in my car All around is anger Automatic guns There's death in large numbers No respect for women Around little ones Tried talking to Jesus He put me on hold He said he'd swamped by calls this week He could not shake his cold Still, this emptiness persists Perhaps this is as good as it gets Giving up the drink and those nasty cigarettes. Now leave the party early, at least with no regrets. I watch the sun as it comes up, I watch it as it sets. Yeah, this is as good as it gets. 
It's a beautiful world. I like sleeping with Marie. She has one sexy girl. She's full of mystery. She says she doesn't love me. She likes my company. For now, that's good enough for me. So my, 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 it's a beautiful world. I like swimming in the sea. I like to go out beyond the white breakers, where a man can still be free for a woman who are one. I like swimming in the sea. Always remember to keep it crispy.